Welcome to Conversations. I'm your host, Doug Dewan, and joining me this segment is Deborah Driggs, model, actress, Playboy Playmate of the Month, three-time Playboy cover girl, and now an author and healing coach. Join us as we talk about issues that affect us here at home in our community and across the nation. Today, I want to talk about personal healing. Deborah, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me. What a what a what a pleasure to be here. I'm filled with gratitude on this amazing morning. And yeah, just thank you so much for allowing me the time. Yeah, it snowed while I was in the, on my way into work this morning. <laughs> it's definitely an amazing morning. I think we have different. Where are you located right now? I'm in Los Angeles, and it is a overcast, cloudy, rainy morning, which I love and appreciate. I love the Four Seasons. I miss it. I used to live in Park City, and I miss the changing of the leaves and the snow, the first snowfall, and and then when the snow melts and it turns into spring. You know, I didn't. I didn't grow up with that. I grew up here in LA. So, Four Seasons is a is just a beautiful way to experience. You know, all of the changing and healing that goes on, really. In our in life in general. Oh wow! Talk about talk about an analogy that we're making before we talk about personal healing. That was a really really good transition. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're in winter right now, right? We're in the hibernation, the cozy, the kind of warm, you know, time when we cozy up by the fire. We get hot cocoa. We kind of hibernate a little bit. We eat heavier foods, and then we kind of drift. That kind of we come out into spring, you know, I love, I love using metaphors. It really helps when I work with my clients to use stuff like that. I think, so, it, yeah, yeah, it definitely helps people digest information because you can relate to it now. Uh, but what I want to talk about is, is so first of all, I looked at your resume and I think we as a society tend to look at a resume like that and say, well, that person has everything and, and then be kind of dismissive of your humanity, your emotions and your well-being. Can you kind of walk us through your personal experiences uh, through your life that you made that made you decide to go into healing and being a healing coach? Yeah. So really, I'm known as a sober empowerment coach because I created Deb's Den, which is the 90-day program to healing and having recovery through addiction, any type of addiction. And I have found that, you know, you know, knowing that only 2% will stay sober after going to rehab, that's what changed it for me. You know, I was found in 2008, unconscious, not breathing, mm. you know, pretty much half dead. And I woke up two days later in a mental institution. And at that time in my life, I was broke. My kids had to go live with their dad. I had been in jail. I, you know, ended up in rehab for two months. And I thought, how did I end up here? You know, so all those accolades that you mentioned in the beginning, those things did not keep me sober. And when they told me in rehab that only 2% that leave here will stay sober, that woke me up. It takes what it takes. And for me, that became my mission because I thought, wow, you know, for all these decades, I quietly suffered. I never wanted to use that four letter word, help, mm -hmm. you know, which now I use as hope, embrace, love, and possible, you know, what is possible for us to heal. And, you know, that's, that is really kind of, you know, you look at, 
the actress, the model, you know, the actress that worked with Michael Nuri, the star of Flashdance. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked on General Hospital with Fr- Felicia and Frisco. You know, I worked on, I worked with David Cassidy from the Partridge family. You know, I had all of these great, beautiful experiences. Like you said, I was on the cover of magazines, but all during that, I wasn't enjoying that success because I was really suffering and I was deep in my addiction. I was quietly suffering and I wrote a chapter. So what I do today is I write a weekly blog on recovery. I write a weekly blog about relationship struggles, divorce, grief, trauma, all the things that are umbrellaed by addiction. I write a weekly blog about and it kind of, it shows up to my subscribers as a personal letter And through these last two years of doing that, I have met so many people that are suffering and that thank me and that say, wow, this blog really helped me. And I wrote a chapter in a book called Suffering Quietly and a book called Here Comes the Sun, where I really got open and honest about my addiction and the struggles that I had with it. And, you know, it's it's a daily practice for me. I get my serenity every day from a daily practice of things that I do to stay sober, right? You know, there's no guarantee, but today I'm sober, which is great. And the, I think the key to my success today is that I show up with love and compassion for my clients because, you know, I, I know for firsthand experience, if willpower was the thing that could stop me from going down the road of addiction, I would have stopped three decades ago. You know, I would have stopped in the beginning if willpower, you know, because if obviously if you look at my resume as you have, I had a lot of resume. I mean, I, excuse me, I had a lot of willpower and I had a lot of success, but that could not keep me sober. So the thing that I do with my clients is I work with them because I understand the power of addiction. I understand how I almost died from it. I was in the darkest, <laughs> deepest despair. And, you know, Willpower doesn't doesn't stop addiction. Help, connection, the opposite of addiction. That those are the things that empower people. Yeah, and you said it. You said it. Uh, you know, asking for help, uh, having a support system. What What is the difference between you know the for you the support system and then the the self sufficiency that that you're talking about that you, that uh, you have that willpower? How does that, How does that work for you with the support system versus that? And you also talk a bit about self sabotage. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about that as well? How do we recognize it and how do we battle that self sabotage? It's, it's pretty amazing. You know, I had a speaking, I'll just use, you know, write what just is right in front of me. I had a speaking engagement this morning at 730. And I immediately woke up and thought, well, I could say I'm sick. You know, I really don't have to do this. I don't have to show up and speak. You know, that's, that's unfortunately where self-sabotage wants to take us, right? It'll talk us out of what we know we're really good at. Mm -hmm. And I still, you know, I have a little bit of that, you know, but then I go, no, I don't negotiate with my goals. I pray, I meditate, I visualize myself speaking, and then I showed up and did my speech. And of course, half the room was crying after I spoke and half the room was asking me for my information, but I get so caught up in my own head and my own thoughts sometimes, not as much today 
but that's, you know, the self-sabotage. So when that happens, you know, it's the awareness of it. And when you work with me, I, this is how I work. I, 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 my clients know that they'll probably get through two sentences before I go, wait, let's just stop for a second. <laughs> they can't. I stop them from diving into some story they want to tell me because I already see the pattern immediately. I see for them what they cannot see for themselves. I bring the awareness in. And when you are aware and you know that's what's happening, see, for years, I didn't know that was happening. I'll share a story with you. In 1990, Deborah Aquila, who to this day is still one of the biggest casting directors in Hollywood, she brought me in to read for a movie called The Rapture with Mimi Rogers, who was married to Tom Cruise at the time, or, or, or was maybe married to Tom Cruise in the 80s. Anyway, she brings me in to read for the part. She didn't even have me read for the producer. She hired me on the spot. Hmm. She said, Deborah, you are a rising star. You are going to be the next Laura Sanji Mako. Laura Sanji Mako had just done a film called Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Mm-hmm. I went home that night and went way deep into self-sabotage, but I didn't know it at the time. When I look back, I now see it. I didn't show up the next day to the read-through. Who does that? Who does that? That was that could have been one of the biggest moments in my career at that time. Deborah Aquila, who's one of the biggest, if you Google her, she's the biggest casting director in Hollywood. And I didn't show up to the read-through because I self-sabotaged. So when I coach people, I think I have a little experience in this, hmm. you know, because I coach people, I can see it right away and I can stop them and say, no, 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 here's what's happening. I didn't see it at the time. I was a young girl in Hollywood. I didn't know that I was deep in my addiction. I didn't know that I was self-sabotaging. I just didn't want to show up. You know, I didn't know at the time. I just was kind of in ego and edging everything out and just thought, this isn't for me. This part isn't for me. Who knows? That might have been what really, that might have been the catapult to really launching my career. And that was, those were the kinds of things that I was doing. I was running around, not making wise decisions, thinking that my ideas were wise. And that's why I believe in mentorship and I believe in coaching. If it's the right coaching, not all coaching that's out there is the right coaching. You know, coaching to me is more of a guide showing you what you can't see for yourself, being your biggest cheerleader helping you when you just can't see your way through, giving you tools, sharing my experiences. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's, you know, and I have beautiful coaches and mentors in my life, you know, because I I have to walk my talk. I can't just, you know, I had to create Deb's Den. I had to create, I didn't start out this way. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't born into what I am today. I had to go through a whole story of things to get to where I am today. And I created this and I walk my talk and I have beautiful mentors and coaches and people that hold me accountable as well. Yeah, I I agree with you totally. I think anecdotally, like on a personal level, I think a lot of the times when things have gone wrong, you get to use them as a learning moment and come out better on the other side, but only if you take the responsibility to do so. So let's talk about that, taking responsibility. How do you do that? How do you, What do you teach people to kind of escape that victim mentality and take responsibility for reactions? It's probably the best part of 
about what I do because I can stop immediately and say, write 10 things about your part in the story. You know, what is your part in the story? It's never about them or him or her or that situation. It's not about COVID. It's not about who got elected. It's not about the weather. It's not about all these disappointments. That's just life. And so I think when we really take the time to look at our part in every situation, it kind of stops because, you know, it kind of stops us in our tracks because I know, you know, I'm working with a girl right now who's just devastated by a relationship that she's been in for on and off, you know, one of those like trauma bonding relationships where you keep going back, you know, you know, nothing's going to be different, but you keep going back. And she came to me, she found me and she said, I need help because I'm really struggling. I'm sad. She's, you know, the codependency for me was so clear in our first conversation. And I kept saying, what is your part? It's because she wanted to tell me everything about the partner. I said, I don't even need to know about that partner. I want to know about you because where we have to start is I got to heal you first. See, because here's what happens if we don't heal ourselves first, if we don't do the work, and that's why I created a 90-day program because to heal anything, it takes 90 days. 30 days, we're just getting started. To get the full recovery, we need 90 days. For me, sometimes some there's certain cases that might take six months to a year, mm-hmm. but most healing really takes about 90 days to get some clarity, just to get some clarity. And so that's why I created this program to start not worrying about what's going on over here, but let's start with you. Let's take you through the 90 days. And then at the end of 90 days, if you still want this relationship that you're so attached to, we'll re- I'll revisit that with you. I'm okay for that. But are you willing to take 90 days? Let's make sure, let's open the hood. Let's make sure this is what you want. Let's check the oil. Let's check the water. Let's check everything. Because I don't even know half the time if people really know what they want. If I said, what do you want, Doug? What do you want? It's a pretty powerful question. What do you want? See, because until we can really answer that clearly, not well, well, if, if, you know, you know, I don't know. No, when you get a clear answer on what you want, everything changes. And I'm not sure at the end of 90 days if people actually really want what they're so upset about. That is very deep, and you've caused an existential crisis to go on inside of my head right now as I ask the question, (laughs) what do I want? But no, the point being is you're right. If you have the goal, the thing that you want, then all the ancillary stuff kind of fades, doesn't it? You focus on what's important and how to get there. Um, and, and the extras are just extras. Um, it's it's kind of profound at how simple it all sounds. But of course, again, back to the you need a support system to keep you on track for that. Um Can you just, oh my goodness, like I'm seriously sitting here like I think I'm about to curl up in a ball and like question my life choices. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, that's where the growth begins. Yeah, I would hope so. That feeling that you're, that feeling that you're experiencing right now when my, I just, one of my clients just texted me and she said, I'm having 
a really hard time. And I said, oh my God, congratulations. The growth is going to begin. <laughs> well, that's good. So if you're going through a tough time, that is where the growth comes from. It's like, uh, I was- well, It's not going to happen when anything's- No. Listen- when I was, like you said, on the cover of magazines and doing all that stuff and getting all these accolades, was I growing? Mm. Or did I start growing when I was in a lockdown facility and everything was completely taken away from me, including my kids, and I was suffering from something that I had no control over, and I was told that only 2% survive? You think I wanted to start growing at that moment? Yeah. When I was on my knees begging for my life back, that's when the growth begins. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. This particular season uh, is a, a profoundly tough one for a lot of people because they go through exactly that. How uh, can people get the help that you're talking about? What, Where can they learn more? How can they take advantage of the services you provide? Tell me about that. Yes. Yeah, so they can go to DebraDriggs.com. I created a website. It's called Deb's Den. It is a private, safe place for healing for any addiction that you might be struggling with or any breakup or divorce or whatever it is that's keeping you up at night. Come to my website, subscribe. The first step would be to subscribe to my personal letter that you'll get every week. I write a weekly blog about everything I just talked about. You can read my chapter here, uh, Suffering Quietly, free at my website. You can join Deb's Den Club, where you will meet with me twice a month live via Zoom, where I will do group coaching. Right now, that's $47 a month for the people that have subscribed to my newsletter. In January, it goes up to $147. This is my holiday gift to you. And then, of course, I work with people one-on-one -on -one, and they can book a complimentary call so that we can make sure we work well together because this is the type of coaching where I don't take everybody and everybody shouldn't take me one-on-one -on -one because we're talking about some serious issues and I want to make sure that we're comfortable working together. Mm-hmm. But I know for sure you'll have a lot of fun in my group coaching because there's always, you know how that is. When you see somebody else being coached, you learn more from watching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier. So my to group see coaching else, yeah. is, is probably my favorite thing to do because I watch the light bulbs go off with everybody, you know? <laughs> so it's really fun to, to, to do that. that. That's like, I love it. I just love it. You know, my mission is to help anyone who's struggling and scared to use the four-letter word help. And what I love most about what I do is watching people have an aha moment where they send me a text saying, oh my God, that really helped me. Or even the text I just got, I'm having a really hard time right now. See, when I work with clients one-on-one, -on -one, they have access to me. They can text me. I am available. I'm an available coach. That's wow. how I add value. So my coaches don't feel like they can only meet with me once a week. You know, no, it's not that kind of coaching because we're dealing with things where things come up and we don't know what to do. And then we want to go back to our old ideas. And all, I'm, all we're doing in coaching is shifting old ideas, getting new perspectives, 
And then having a toolbox. So when things come up that we just don't know what to do, we go, wait a second, wait a second. This is an old pattern. I can turn this around. I want to win. I want to empower you. That's why I'm known as the sober empowerment coach. Cause I want to empower you. Well, Deborah, I appreciate literally all of this. Uh, and you know, I'm going to basically question my own existence for the rest of the week, but it's, that's where growth comes from. So I appreciate it before I let you go. Is there anything that you feel like, uh, we, we didn't cover, um, that you think people should know, especially going into the holidays, uh, for their own personal and mental well-being? Well, the holidays is really that time of where people really indulge in a lot of stuff. They overindulge. You know, it it starts with the th- the pre-Thanksgiving all the way to New Year's Eve. And this is the time when people get sick. You know, they get depressed, they get anxious because they're putting way too much sugar, way too much alcohol, way too much heavy foods that they wouldn't normally eat. And I would say this is not the time to really, this is the time to actually stick to your routines that work and do little of the holiday and more of the good routine that you normally do. But for some reason, when we get to the holidays, it's like, ah, I can go crazy. I say, don't go crazy. And this is why people go, ah, I'll just start over in the new year, right? The new year's resolution, which I never do. I just, I just do this all year round, 365 days. You know, once in a while, I have a little indulgent or, you know, maybe I'll have two lattes. But, you know, you, you, the holidays is the time to really take more time for self care, for prayer, for meditation, for grounding, and to finish the year strong. Yeah, that's that's really truly great advice. Some that I could have used last week before Thanksgiving, uh, but <laughs> but I'll take it. I'll take it when I can get it. Uh, Deborah, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Doug. Thank you. Have such a beautiful day. Thank you. You too. And thank you for listening. Conversations is a public affairs program of this station.